Welcome to Worship Equals Life, where we explore the nuts and bolts of worship ministry in today's church, the technological, the visual, the musical, and the spiritual. Here's your host, Judd Cossum. Well, welcome back to Worship Equals Life. I'm Judd Cossum, your host, and today we're going to talk about the relationships between the different teams in your ministry. Now, some of you Maybe thinking teams, what the heck are you talking about, man? Uh, we're just we're just one big group. Well, even if that's the case, structurally, uh, administratively speaking, um, really and truly, you have different teams in your worship ministry. Let's think. I mean, I mean, I've served at a at a smaller church than where I am now. I mean, right now, I serve at a church of about five hundred. Um, so we're not huge, but we're not tiny. You know, but I've been at that smaller church, and even at that smaller church, I mean, you've got different people who are doing different jobs, and maybe there's only one person doing each of those jobs, right? But that's a team. So let's think about uh, the different roles that are happening within our ministry as different teams. For instance, let me give you a breakdown of the teams that we have at my church, Allen Memorial Baptist Church in Salisbury, Maryland. So we have a team of speakers. Uh, I don't include the preachers in that, you know, my pastor and the other uh, pastors who, who serve in a, in a teaching or preaching capacity sometimes on Sunday mornings. I don't include them in that because they, they kind of operate outside the, the scope of, of my ministry. So, But what I include in that are, uh, we call them hosts, the folks who do the welcome at the beginning of the service. You know, they welcome the congregation um, and the scripture readers because we have a, a scripture reading as part of every worship service at Allen Memorial, uh, which I think is a really great thing. So we actually have a team, uh, a group of people who serve as scripture readers. Uh, we also have the front of house team, which uh, includes a stage crew and audio engineers. So we just have stage crew to help us set up things uh, as we transition between different services and things like that, and to move like the pastor stand or, or other, any other you know, things that we may need to move uh, on and off the stage during a service, right? Um, we also have the production team, uh, which includes, uh, you know, our lyric techs, the folks who are running per presenter, uh, includes people who are doing lighting, uh, includes uh, a position we call producer. Um, and, and I don't want you to hear me saying that, you know, it's all about production. <laughs> that's, that's not the case. Uh, but we have this, this person who serves as a producer who kind of helps with the flow of the service. Uh, they kind of help us communicate between the teams because that's hard to do, you know, when one of your teams is on stage and one of your teams is in uh, a location behind the soundboard. Uh, you know, in our case, the, the soundboard is, is kind of in the middle of the, the worship center on the floor. And then up in the balcony is where the production booth is, where the, where the computers that run uh, the screens and the light board and all that stuff is. So they're, we're all in different places. So the producer kind of helps facilitate communication between us and make sure that things are flowing the way that they're supposed to be. Uh, and then we have, of course, the worship band, which is the one that everybody always thinks of. That's the most obvious one, uh, the one that's up on the platform, up on the stage in front of everybody. Now, here's the thing. And if you don't hear anything else that I say today, you got to hear this. If you, ha if you haven't figured this out already, and I know a lot of you are, are smarter than I am and probably already have figured this out, but everybody on your team, in all of your teams, is a worship leader. Everyone. Not just you. 
Uh, maybe you serve as uh, the the primary voice, the primary leadership of that team. I mean, every team needs a leader, but every person on those teams is a worship leader. So what does that look like? How are those people worship leaders? Well, let's let's think about the impact of each team on your Sunday morning service in general on your ministry. So think about the speakers, uh, the hosts in our context. They set a tone for the service. They, they're welcoming the congregation. And, they, and so they, they have to set a tone. The congregation kind of expects to go where the host points them, right? If they draw them in and prepare them for what comes next and do that with enthusiasm and warmth, then they create a great tone for the rest of the service. They, they make it a place where the congregation wants to go, right? That's very important. The scripture readers look the whole service, uh, and perhaps we'll talk about this uh, at a later date on another podcast when maybe we'll talk about planning, uh, worship planning. Uh, but this, the whole service really centers around the preaching of God's word. The music is important, but God's word is central. So the scripture reading helps link the rest of the service to the preaching by sort of revealing that common foundation. Now, you know, we can get into specifics. I mean, there are times when the scripture reading that we have is 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 exactly the passage that the pastor is preaching from, and sometimes when it's not, it's a uh, more just a, a passage that is meant to sort of facilitate the worship. But either way it draws people to that common foundation of God's word, right? And it's it's a more direct connection when it's the passage the pastor's preaching from, but even so, even if you're, you're just pulling a, a passage from the Psalms to be part of the worship, that still uh, is revealing that common foundation of scripture, of God's word. And it also gives a scriptural basis to our worship, right? And we want, you know, we ask our scripture readers to read with warmth and with passion for the truth of God's word, because that's how we want the congregation to receive God's word, right? With warmth and with passion, you know, with a love for it. And so we ask our, our scripture readers to read that way. And when they do, it draws the people into that. Let's think about the front of house team. So your stage crew, the band the pastor, the speakers, everybody depends on the stage crew. If their job doesn't get done, then neither does ours, right? I mean, I, you know, as the primary worship leader of my church, I'm part of the worship band. So if the stage crew's job doesn't get, doesn't get done, then mine doesn't get done either. Um, if they can't, uh, for, for whatever reason, get the stage set up on time, then I can't start the service on time. Uh, so we depend on them. If they aren't there, the sound checks suffer. The whole service suffers. They help the service flow by getting us started on time and by moving equipment like, like the pastor stand, for instance. You know, we, we pull that down uh, during the music portion of the worship set, the worship service, and then have them bring it up as we transition into the preaching time uh, to facilitate flow. Because if, if they don't do it, then somebody else has got to do it, right? Uh, and, and if somebody from the band has to do it or if the pastor has to grab his own, sometimes that can create some, some issues with our service flow. So, you know, your stage crew has to be on time. They have to be quick. They have to be humble, willing to do whatever it takes to get things set up on time. 
the audio engineers, also part of the front of house team in our context. Without them, nothing that we say, nothing we sing, no note that we play is heard, right? We have to have the audio engineer. If there's not somebody there to run the soundboard, maybe we could just go turn the board on and hope for the best. But if something happens, well, you know, there we go. We're up a creek. So the audio engineer is incredibly important to the whole package. Uh, if the sound isn't mixed properly, if it's too loud or if it's too quiet, it affects people's experience of the worship, right? It, it, or of the service, rather. Uh, if, if it's not done right, it affects people's experience of the service. So the band and the pastor and the other speakers, uh, all, all of those people depend on the audio engineers to communicate because 99% of most of our job, and that's, you know, that's a completely made up statistic that you know is true. 99% uh, of all of our jobs is to be, is to communicate. And we can't do that. We cannot do that if people can't hear what we're saying or hear what we're doing. So we need the audio engineers for that. At times, they have a greater influence on the environment of worship than anybody else because they control the volume. They control and listen volume, uh, either you know, quiet or loud. I mean, it's going to have a different emotional impact on people, and we're not there to manipulate people's emotions, but our emotions are part of us. And worship is supposed to involve all of us, and that includes our emotions. So... And audio volume has a lot to do with that. So an audio engineer has to always be vigilant, always listening, always watching, always learning from the environment around them so that they can make the decisions that they need to make and make them well. So we've talked about uh, our speaker team. We've talked about our front of house team and the impact that they have on the worship service. Let's talk about the production team. So our producer, our producer kind of runs the show. Um, now I say that we're, it's still kind of a, a team that we're, we're building up. Um, because, because of our context, sometimes it's hard for them to do some of the roles that they really need to do. But here's the idea behind the production, the producer, the role of producer, they run the show. Uh, everybody depends on the producer for cues, for direction, uh, for communication between teams, right? They oversee, they curate, they prepare the visuals. Um, they, they, I, I give them the run of the production booth. I don't do much there uh, unless I need to. Uh, and in a very real sense, the producer shapes the direction of the service. You know, I sit down with my worship planning team and plan the service flow plan the songs, you know, think of plan how we want things to move from one from one element to the next. The producer is in charge of making that happen, so they shape the direction of the service as it's happening. Right? And at times, I said this about the audio engineers, uh, it's also true of the producer. And it's also true, I'm gonna say it again later, uh, of another role. But it's true of the producer that at times they have a greater influence on the environment of worship than anybody else because they are making decisions for me that impact the flow of the service and so impact people's experience of the service. They're making choices all the time that impact the flow and experience of the service in very significant ways. 
So again, like the audio engineer, they have to be vigilant, watching, listening, always kind of learning and, and trying to evolve, uh, if I can use that word in a ministry context, and trying to evolve with the situation and, and, and do things better so that things flow better and people have uh, the best possible experience uh, in the worship service. So the lyric tech, now, whether you use ProPresenter, Media Shout, uh, Easy Worship, whatever you use, with well, the lyric tech, it's their job to help everybody know where they should be, right? The congregation is going, what words am I supposed to sing right now? And the band is saying, what words am I supposed to sing next? If the lyric tech doesn't go at the right time, doesn't click that button at the right time, they can kind of cause chaos, right? The congregation won't know what's going on. The band won't know what's coming next. Uh, things can actually fall apart. And, and listen, the band should know their music, right? But sometimes we all blank. And so it's nice uh, if you use per presenter and you're not using the stage display function, uh, please do because it, you can you can look at uh, the current slide and the next slide all at the same time and it's great you know if you forget and and suddenly in the spur on the spur of the moment you're thinking oh my gosh what's what's the next verse is there right so but if if they're not there to provide you that if they're not changing things at the right time then yeah it's it's hard for you to do your job so the lyric tech again like the producer they're making choices all the time that impact the flow and experience of the worship service uh, all the time uh, because they have to decide when to go and there are times when they make decisions independent of me see that's the thing in most of our contexts the worship pastor who's in charge of the ministry who makes these decisions and is kind of the uh you know the buck stops with with him or her uh, that person is generally on the platform with the band and is generally leading you know as the primary worship leader i can't make decisions about media and visuals and, and sound and all of those things. And I can't communicate with the other team members in the way that I would need to, to actually be able to direct the service from that position. So I have to have somebody there, production team, you know, the producer takes that role, but, but basically these teams have to be able to make decisions on their own that impact the flow of the service and we have to be able to empower them but that's a whole other whole other bible study as a friend of mine likes to say so we've talked about three teams now um we've talked about the speaker team we've talked about the front of house team and we talked about the production team now let's talk about the worship band i mean uh, i'll leave them for last because i think for most of us and, and you know, before I get into this, I, I just want to say, too, I mean, if you are a more, in a more traditional environment, you know, you can kind of put your, your choir, uh, your, your instrumentalist, your, your pianist, your uh, organist in this category as well. So, um, but in my context and what I have experience with as uh, a worship band. So the worship band or whoever your musician, your musical worship leaders are, are the most visible part of your ministry team. And it's not just their musicianship that impacts the worship service experience. It's everything about them on the platform. As I said earlier, 99, I said 99%, but you know, maybe it's, maybe it's closer to 90% of our job is communication. 
um, a great majority of our job is communication. We do we do that as a band, as a worship band, or as a choir, or whatever. We do that through music, but ninety percent of our job is communication. And I think you can probably hear the vehicle that's driving by outside right now. <laughs> I don't have a soundproof room, guys, and you probably heard the wind blowing earlier because it's kind of crazy out there. But anyway. So uh, it's not just the musicianship of your musicians that impacts the worship experience. It's everything about them on the platform, right? 90% of the job is communication. Uh, there was a study uh, by a Dr. Albert Morabian, I, I think I'm saying that name right, uh, that said that 7% of any message is conveyed through words. 38% is through certain vocal elements, 55% through nonverbal elements like facial expressions and gestures and your posture and things like that. 93% of the message, then, is nonverbal. 7% of the message is conveyed through words. That means 93% of whatever you're saying isn't in the words that you're saying. It's in how you're saying it. It's in the expression on your face. It's in your posture. All of those kind of things. So, what your worship? What is your worship band communicating when they're standing on stage? Are they communicating authentic worship? Are they communicating enthusiasm, uh, enjoyment of God? Are they communicating reverence? Are they communicating excitement? How your worship band presents themselves on stage helps shape people's worship. Okay, and not. Not to, we don't have any control over whether or not someone worships. What I mean by that is how how our musicians, how our worship leaders who are on the platform present themselves, what they communicate by their body language and their facial expressions, uh, that helps shape the experience for people. That helps create an environment that's conducive to worship. And that's really what it's all about. That's really all we do is create an environment that's conducive to worship. And so our worship band must communicate worship. And it's like the question I asked a while ago, you know, are they communicating uh, authentic worship? Are they communicating enthusiasm, excitement, uh, reverence? I mean, all of those things, they may communicate at different times, but are they communicating it at the appropriate time, the appropriate thing? Are they, are they helping the congregation to go where they need to go? That's, that's what a leader does, right? Uh, we stand in front of them and, and help them come to the place that they need to go. That's the impact that the worship band has. It's not even really about the music. So I always encourage uh, worship the worship people in the worship band to, you know, express genuine heartfelt worship when they lead. You know, does that mean that everybody's going to raise their hand and uh, jump up and down and dance? No, no, it doesn't. Um, but I believe that you can see when someone is really engaged and we have to lead in such a way that people see that we're engaged and, and not, you know, I know this is for some people, this can be kind of a sticky, uh, uh, question, right? Well, we're not doing it to be seen. No, I mean, we're not doing it for the praise of men. We are doing it to help people worship. And in order to help them worship, then we, we kind of are doing it to be seen. We're kind of we kind of are doing it to be seen because because they need to see us going where we want them to go. That's how we lead them. So that's kind of the relationship between teams, the role of the teams. Again, the important thing to remember is that every person on your team is a worship leader. They have an impact 
on how that worship environment is shaped. And, and therefore, what they're doing is helping lead people into an experience of worship. So if you have any questions, if you got uh, suggestions for a new podcast or anything like that, uh, there's going to be a little tag at the end of this uh, of this podcast that uh, gives you ways to contact me. I encourage you to do that, and I look forward to hearing from you. Do you have questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes? Angry rants? Okay, not the angry rants part, but we want to hear from you. You can find Judd Cossum on Facebook. His Twitter handle is at Judd K Music. His blog is juddcossum.wordpress.com. His website is juddkmusic.com. And you can email us at podcast at juddkmusic.com. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Let's keep striving together to live the worshiping life. Mm-hmm.